Hello, everyone, and it's time for another Yap versus Yap. That's where uh, two or more critics from the film Yap, and sometimes with some outside guests as well, talk about and debate a movie about which they may disagree sharply or not. So I'm, of course, joined by veteran Yapper Andy Carr. Welcome. Howdy. Howdy. And so we are going to talk today about Licorice Pizza. This is the much-hyped film from Paul Thomas Anderson, um, that is uh, now out in local theaters, uh, just one or two here in the Indianapolis area, but uh, kind of been spreading out slowly. And the reactions have been, I would say, especially from critics, have been very positive. We're starting to see actually some um, uh, critic groups coming out with their awards, and it's doing quite well with their with the nominations and such. Um, and I know um, as we're recording this, our nominations for IFJA are, are about to come out. So definitely some love out there but not for me um uh, i've been up and down on uh pta as his fans like to call him love some of his movies very much not loved other ones uh inherit vice being one that i don't care for um but uh before i, I go on a harangue let me just hear from you i don't think you were one of the ones that was crazy in love with it but you definitely liked it more than me no yeah and honestly this will be a a yap v yap where we probably don't strongly disagree on a lot of things i enjoyed it probably came away with a more positive reaction than you did but we've had some kind of limited conversations about it already and i think you know we we relate on some issues i don't know i liked the um i kind of liked the little you know bits and pieces the little episodes or adventures that these characters go on it's about to, uh, you know, two kids growing up in the 70s or, you know, one kid and one young adult, basically, um, and kind of a budding uh, romance that happens and they kind of go on all these wild escapades. And I liked some of those little chapters. They were just fun little jaunts and they were well acted and well shot. Um, but as kind of a story altogether, I didn't get a whole lot out of it or the, the kind of culminating romance at the center of it. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely not it for me either. Um, but, uh, well, I, I do think you're higher than me. We talked a little bit. Uh, I know our mm -hmm. friend Richard Probst uh, over at the Independent Critic loved it. He's a big PTA aficionado um, and came up at just, you know, like this is a top 10 for me. And I think he's mm -hmm. probably closer to the center of critical response than you and I are. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it stars um, Alana Haim, which I believe she's a pretty n novice actress, but she's in a, in a band. Yeah. Um, so she's got some performance. Uh, I don't know too much about her as a performer. I think uh, this might be her feature film debut. I yeah. might be mistaken. And Cooper Hoffman, um, which is the son of Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, I think in his first really big uh, starring role in a movie. So obviously mm -hmm. some you know bright young talents there. And I, I, I liked her a lot more than I liked him and probably more the way the characters are written than anything. So the setup is that he is in high school he's 15 years old almost going on 16 she's 25 years old out in the world working as a uh, assistant photographer for the people that take your school pictures at high school and so as she's going down the line offering people a mirror to look at to comb their hair or whatever uh, uh and it's set in the 1970s uh that he starts macking on her uh, and of course she puts him off but you know like just intrigued enough to actually show up when he invites her out to kind of a grown-up uh restaurant if i recall it's the cock of the tail is the name yeah. of the restaurant that they did. <laughs> Los Angeles restaurant in the 1970s or something 
Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but as things go on, they have this friendship. He clearly wants more. She's clearly resisting. Obviously, a 10-year age difference isn't that much when maybe you're my age, but, you know, 15 and 25 is huge. Not to mention statutory yeah. rape laws, other things going on. But eventually, you know, they, they, they do get to a place where I think they are regarding each other as a romantic couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's the really the scene, the movie really plays out as vignettes. He's a child actor um, and, you know, goes on some uh, jobs. Which he, he invites her to be her, be his, uh, what's the word? Not chauffeur. What's the word? Chaperone. Chaperone. Because he needs yeah. to back then, ch- children needed chaperones, even though. He's old enough to shave and drive a car <laughs> and things go from there. And I, you know, some of the vignettes really worked for me. Some of them did not. He comes off as just this, for me, he's very unbelievable character. He's not just a child actor. He's like this entrepreneur who starts various businesses. Uh, you know, he starts a pinball machine parlor at one point. Uh, he starts a waterbed store at one point. Uh and I, you know, I was just not buying buying him as, you know, he, he has a business, a consulting business where his mom is his employee. I just didn't buy that. She was much more believable character as a 25 year old trying to kind of figure out where she is in the world and batting into different things. But I don't know. What was your take on their characters? Um, yeah, I, I would agree with you that I, I liked the way she was developed more than him um and i had similar issues with him being kind of this i don't know wonderkind he seemed to be good at everything and and was con or at least competent enough to get a good start at everything in a world where like in la in the 70s i would think like a 15 16 year old would just get eaten alive trying to start businesses and that sort of thing um but it, it was entertaining even when i was struggling to like accept the plausibility of it and i kind of liked the the it was kind of a recurring gag that the businesses he would start were like, you know, looking back from 2021, we see that all these businesses he's getting into are like fad that are doomed to fail. Um, and he's, you know, capitalizing on them and like, you know, I'm going to be the next big thing. And it's like, well, like, like t- towards the end when he, he's, he, this isn't really a spoiler, but he kind of gets into the the pinball arcade business. And it's like, it it's crazy popular at the time, but, you know, after seeing his waterbed business go south, it's it's funny to see him kind of fall back into the same trap. But yeah, and in, in terms of individual characters, I thought uh, Alana Himes' character, who I think is named Alana in the film, um, is a lot more interesting and just more relatable because, you know, she's, yeah, she's 25. She's trying to figure out what she's going to do with the rest of her life. She kind of has no idea. And she's sort of... Uh, torn by this idea of you know committing to or falling in love with you know what's a a person who's a kid to her um and so I liked that kind of push and pull although in terms of their actual chemistry and their relationship I never quite got what they saw in each other I, I saw the infatuation and how they were kind of charmed by each other initially but the more time they spent together the less I was convinced that two people like this would continually, you know, try to make it work. Yeah. It's one of those like, where are the parents? One of these movies where it's like, you know, <laughs> we, she lives with her, her, her parents. And so we see them occasionally she comes home and they're like, where have you been? Uh, we see his mom in the, in the, in the office working for him a couple of times and his father is absent. So it's just like, you know, wh- where are the parents to weigh in on this? 
It's interesting. Paul Thomas Anderson. So the genesis of the movie is that Paul Thomas Anderson about 20 years ago was happening to be at a high school scouting locations or something and observed a scene like this where there was a student kind of, you know, flirting with the assist photo, photo assistant. And that's what gave him the idea of like, where would that go? Which, I mean, it's okay as a premise, but my overall take on this movie, and I'm, and I'm breaking uh, Gene Siskel's first rule of film criticism, which is critique a movie for what it is, not for what it isn't. But uh, I really think she's the center of the movie. She's what's interesting. She's where the go is. I would be happy to see a movie all about her where there's a section where she you know, kind of has this infatuation with a high school student and then it's left behind and she goes on to other things. And even some of the other things that happen in this movie where she kind of starts flirting with a much older movie star played by Sean Penn. I mean, those parts were interesting with her, but I never really bought the romance. I, I had a lot of problems with his character. So it's like if you made a movie where she was the star of the show and he was just sort of this kid who comes along a third of the way through and by two thirds of the way through, he's gone. I think it would have worked much better. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I also think that the whole thing kind of in general felt a little too aimless for me. I, I appreciated that the structure it was going with was kind of these little vignettes. And it's just kind of like we're checking in on these characters at different points, you know, over this yeah. journey. Yeah, yeah it um, takes, takes place about over the course of maybe a year, eight months to a year. I yeah, would guess. yeah. But um, I, I guess I did not feel super fulfilled by the journey to the destination the, the destination at a certain point kind of becomes inevitable in regards to their uh relationship but i i just didn't feel like there were a lot of notable stopping points or checkpoints along the way and so when we finally kind of got to the finale i was like okay i i guess i just witnessed a, a relationship happen but i didn't really feel like any you know arcs took place in that time yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, like, I I don't think they really change a lot during the course of the yeah, movie. Yeah. She's really sort of, she's onto this. She's, you know, helping with his different business things for a while. Then she goes away. Yeah, I I got that sense as well. Um, and, and my take on the, the sort of the, there's all these like celebrity pop-ins where you have people playing famous people, sometimes name themselves, sometimes not. People mm -hmm. probably heard about Bradley Cooper popping up as, you know, at the time, Wunderkin producer John Peters, who was in a relationship with um, Barbara Streisand at the time. He's hilarious. And yeah. even though the whole segment with him doesn't really go anywhere, it's great just by him. There's another yeah. section where a woman is playing Lucille Ball. They don't name because she's called Lucille something else. They did that. And some of the things in there where it's like, obviously, that, that they were basing them on obvious real Hollywood figures, but they didn't get their rights. Like there's a part there where, where Sean Penn plays this much older um, actor who sort, sort of having a flirtation with her character. Um, I forget what he's named in the movie, but it's obviously William Holden. Um, yeah. who's, you know, kind I think of it's the, Jack Holden in the movie. Yeah, it, 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 you know, it was at the time, William Holden was sort of at the end of his, you know, being a leading man kind of days and trying to cling, hold on to that. They make a, a reference to the bridges of Toko Ri in the movie. They call it something slightly different. And I don't know. It's just, again, it, Sean Penn is obviously having a hoot playing the role. Tom Waits plays some kind of a director. I wasn't quite sure who it was supposed to be. Um, but, you know, those movies just sort of, those part, those sections stand alone for themselves rather than, as you, as you say, 
really wrapping into any kind of a coherent whole. Again, like if this was her story and it was like, she's bumping into all these people, you know, the William Holden character, the like this, and, and the kid, you know, uh, Cooper Hoffman's character was one of those people that she was bumping into. It would have worked much better for me, but yeah. Uh, no, it's funny. As we were coming out of the movie, you know, there's usually someone from the studio there to take quotes from us to see if there's anything they can use in ads or whatever. So they kind of ask us. Um, it's kind of the quid quo, quo pro of they give us the screenings in exchange for hearing our views fresh right out of the theater. Yeah. Uh, but I remember mine, as I said, it was, was this movie felt like almost famous mixed with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with French New Way. Um, and you could probably guess the first two parts, you know, a younger kid, older woman uh, in the 70s, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, that very much, you know, vignette feel of different yeah. sections that don't really stitch together. The French New Wave may, be, may sound a little nuts, but I, I stand by it just because it reminded me a lot of those French New Wave characters where people were just running around town. They shot it sort of uh, fast paced and it just felt like, you know, these little encounters rather than that through line of a story. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And I would, I would agree uh, again. Yeah. I just, I think like bits and pieces of it work better than the whole thing does. And when it's what, two and a half hours um, just, and, just like, and the most enjoyable parts were like two, you know, 20 minute segments somewhere in the middle of it. It was kind of like, okay, PTA, you could have like made a short film or something. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, it's one of my my favorite go-to sayings about movies, which I encounter a lot when they're kind of in the middle. I didn't hate this movie. A lot of things no. to really like about it. But the colorful, the you know, uh, uh, as as I said, you know, when we came out of the screenings of all the people there, I was like, of, of the few people there who could actually remember the '70s, I found it pretty authentic. Um, so it's got a it's it's got a nice look and feel, a place. Yeah, it, I mean, it's gorgeous. Yeah, but. Um, well, as gorgeous as the '70s could be, with those with those cars and those hairdos and those clothes, sure. uh, yeah, they they did the, be the best they could. But <laughs> well, so that's our take on licorice pizza. Maybe not a harsh disagreement there for Yap versus Yap, but uh, I think you'll see plenty of other folks out there loving this movie, and mm -hmm. maybe we did. I don't think I don't think Andy did, and I loved it maybe even a little bit less. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining join me, Andy, and we'll see you next time.